0: This message was presented at the GYC to the End in Houston, Texas. For other resources like this, visit us online at gycweb.org. Thank you so much, Mel, for that prayer. Good morning, everyone. For those of you at the back, can you see me? It's a contrast, isn't it? (laughs) That's why uh, when I introduce myself to people and... uh, People who know Mel, I tell them I'm Mel's uh, half brother. <laughs> so God, is, God has been good, and uh, I know, I know some of you comes here and uh, who came here wanted to, to start out a prayer ministry, started to to have, uh, to have this prayer ministry going in your church. Am I right? Were you inspired in the prayer session that we have every morning? The reason why I'm so excited to lead out every morning's prayer session is because my life was changed in a prayer prayer room, in one of the prayer sessions. And I'll tell you more about it this morning. And uh, by the way, who among you here are second or third or fourth generation Seventh-day Adventists? Please raise your hand. Wow, there's a lot. Who among you here is first generation or converted into Adventism? Okay, praise the Lord. So there's more second or third generation Adventists. And I think you could relate to what I'm going to share this morning. Thank you, Mel, for, for the prayer. But you know what? Uh, as, uh, as we have been involved in the prayer ministry, I don't feel adequate if I don't pray. <laughs> so I'd like to request those of you who are here are able to kneel down. Please kneel down with me for a word of prayer. Our great God, our dear loving Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much for giving us this opportunity to lift your name up. And Lord, we pray in a very special way that you please be with us right now. And Lord, I pray that you please hide me behind the shadow of your cross, that I may not be seen or be heard, but Jesus and Jesus alone be seen, be heard, be lifted up and exalted. Your Father, please teach us how to lift Jesus up. And Lord, I ask that may every word that will come out will be words that are anointed by you will be words coming straight from the throne of grace. Thank you so much, Lord, for giving us this chance to talk about Jesus. We give you back all the praises, the glory, and the honor. We ask this in the loving name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Yes, for those of you who raised your hands, second and third generation Seventh-day Adventist, I think you could relate to to what I was feeling when I was, uh, when I was young, younger, <laughs> Uh, every time I see people who are converted into the church, when I see their fire, when I see their passion, I get jealous. Huh? Do you agree? And you're thinking, why, why don't I have that that fire? Why don't I have that passion? And they seem to know more of the Bible than we do. Do you agree? They, they memorized verses after verses and I'm, they could quote scriptures and I'm thinking, why well, I can do that? And I'm, I'm even frustrated at one point, I'm thinking, how will I ever have a, a testimony to tell if, if I don't have this, this type of conversion? I'm thinking, should I go out of the church first? Should I try the world? And I'm thinking, should I try drugs? Friends, I'm, I'm too chicken, I'm, I'm so afraid to try anything. And <laughs> Praise God for that. And, uh, and people might well uh, thought that I'm, I'm a prayer leader now, or Melody is a prayer leader, that we started off, started off in life that we are just so into prayer right away. Oh no, my dear friends, some people think that I came out of my mother's womb with my hand folded, <laughs> and my first word was, amen. <laughs> my dear friends, it did not start that way. I thought even that prayer was not necessary, that prayer was a waste of time. As I told you this morning during a prayer session, I felt like I'm, I'm an energizer bunny. I, I want to, to run around. I want to accomplish things. But praying for me is such a waste of time. When you are not doing something, you are not accomplishing something. I think it all started with the training that I had back home. My mom is quite a strict mom. Some call her Hitler. <laughs> so I go to... I go to, uh, to the church, I'm a faithful seven-day Adventist kid, not because I want to go to the church, but I'm afraid of my mom. And some of you second and third generation could relate to that. But I tell you, my dear friends, be happy that you have a strict mom. Amen? That is a very, very low amen. <laughs> I tell you, when you are my age, you'll be happy that you have a mom like that. And I, if, I, if my mom will somehow allowed me to make my choice at that early age, I would not be a missionary right now. I would not be here standing in front of you telling about the goodness of God. But praise God for, for religious mothers. Praise God for faithful mothers. So, again, going back to, to my, mom's, my mom's fault. <laughs> my mom trained me to somehow, if you want to have something in your life, you have to work for it. So I was trained to lean on my own strength not to lean on the Lord. And as you have heard this, this this morning's devotion, leaning on the Lord is very, very important. And she somehow trained me. If you want to do or to have something, you have to work for it, and you have to earn it for yourself. And friends, at an early age, at the age of six, I was already a businessman. Even before I know how to count money, I already sell things. So, and uh, I remember... My mom will always bring me to the market at the age of six and help, to help her carry things. We have a food shop back home, and, uh, and when we go to the market, I, I'm the one who carries stuff. Some of them are heavy stuff, and I think that's the reason why I did not really grow tall. <laughs> so my mom will always put money on my piggy bank as, uh, as a reward for what I have done. And that money, friends, that money is not for me. It's for my birthday gift. So I have to work for the half of the price of my birthday gift. And when my birthday comes, you know what, friends? My birthday gift comes and I, I'm i just so, so shocked. Especially when, when I was already studying. My birthday gift was school shoes. Thinking that is not a gift. That's her obligation. <laughs> and later on, I... I found out that my mom was really teaching me some values in life. That is hard labor. So I was somehow trained to lean on my own strength, to lean on my capabilities. And leaning on the Lord was not really in my intentions. So I grew up having a mindset like that. If you want to do something, you have to work for it. And prayer, what is prayer for me? Prayer is is a what is a waste of time and prayer is uh, is only remembered in desperate times when things aren't going my way then i bend my knees and i cry to the lord lord please help me isn't that the usual thing that happens when things are not working our way we remember god but when things are going our way we forget about him it's easy to have a close walk with God when things are not going right. But when things are abundant, when things are wonderful, we don't remember God, don't we? So that was, that was my, my training. And uh, I, remember, I remember before when, uh, when I was uh, a youth leader back in my, my home church. I'm thinking, oh, this, uh, this church needs to have some fun. And I, all the while, I thought that being close to the Lord or spending time with God or being religious takes away the fun in life. And now I learned otherwise, that fun is not actually needed, joy is, amen? So going back to this experience, I remember that I was first called by God to be a missionary in 1999, among you here was born in 1999 okay wow there are some young people here <laughs> and i think of you 1999 and and onwards so friends when my when my conviction came we were attending in this uh, in this convention in this meeting and there were like 80,000 people and this in this 80,000 people the speaker called up and he said you should be a missionary or you are nothing just imagine that friends you should be a missionary or you are nothing the moment i heard that somehow it spoke to my heart and i told my friend i don't want to be nothing i have to be a missionary so i told them hey we should be missionaries and i told them i i will sign up for 1000 missionary movement who among you here has heard about 1000 missionary movement and they said oh, I'm not so sure, Jim, if I'll sign up for 1,000 missionary movement. And I told them, hey, you are nothing if you will not be a missionary. You should be a missionary. So I told them, I'm already 70% convicted and convinced that I'll be a missionary. And then the two of them said, we don't know, that is boyfriend and girlfriend, now they're husband and wife. And they said, I'm only 10%. And the other guy said, I'm only 5%. So I kept on talking them into making that decision. And you know what? To make the long story short, in the end, the both of them signed up and I got left behind. <laughs> I remember during the time that, that I, was, I was sending them off in, uh, in the pier. And it was a sad thing. They said, Jam, you fooled us. <laughs> you told us that you are already 70%. I already told them at one point that I'm already 90% convinced that I'll be a missionary, and and the three of us, we are we are like the tripod. Every time we had we had some uh, some religious programs back in my in my university, we are the three that are always like on board. The one preaches, and by the way, friends, I never preach a sermon before. That guy, that five percent guy, is the one who's who's preaching the sermon, and I'm the social guy. When there is like fun games, I'm the one who is in charge. And the other girl was, was religious. And you know what? We have, we have a thing back home in the Philippines. It's called social night. And the social night is really sad. And the moment people see me walking, and said, the party is here. <laughs> so that's, that's the thing. The three of us, and we, we see, uh, we look at each other and said, man, if we will be missionaries, we would be powerful missionaries. Look at that. We are complete. The three of us could, could, could just make up things that, that the church needs. And I'm thinking, wow, God is so privileged to have us. (laughs) I don't know, some of you might be thinking that way too. So I was thinking that, and you know what, my dear friends, that was the biggest reason why that the Lord did not allow me to go during that time. Because I thought that I was the biggest blessing that God has on his team. I thought I was the biggest blessing, and the Lord taught me a very, very hard lesson. And I remember my friends, they were crying, said, Jem. All the while I thought, this is a tripod. Now this is like bipod. (laughs) And the monopod is left home. And I was thinking, Lord, what is happening? I already resigned from my job. That's how committed I was. That's how committed I was. I resigned from my job. And I really wanted to follow the call of the Lord. But you know what? And I was I was somehow angry at God during the time, I'm thinking, Lord, why didn't you allow me? All the while, I thought that you have called me to be a missionary, and and you just closed this door. The reason why I I chose not to go because my mentor, one of the closest person in my life, asked me this question, Jem. Uh, I know that your decision to be a missionary is is a good decision. It's a noble decision. But have you prayed about it? Remember, friends, during that time, prayer is not so important in my life. I said, "Have you prayed about it?" And I said, uh, no." I said, "Why do you have to pray about it? This is missionary work. You don't need to pray about it." And then she gave me this perspective: that you are the leader of of the of the teens here in our church, and there are somehow like 14 teens in my class. So they look up to you, they, you are not just their teacher, you are their elder brother. You are, you are somehow the, the most influential person in their life. So if you leave for a year, I know that you will be a blessing to whatever field that the Lord will put you in. But what about them? If, if God did not call you to be there, what if, if you come back here the next year and they'd be gone? And I'm thinking oh Lord, every decision is very important so I prayed about it and during the time friends during during the time I don't even know how prayer works and I heard about about prayers of some people they asked for a sign I do not recommend asking for a sign. your biggest sign is the word of God amen so I asked for I asked for actually I, I didn't think that it was a sign I just asked for for the Lord's provision to open up. Because remember I I resigned from my job. Now I don't have a job. And I I think if I would go back to my job that's 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 easy. They will accept me. And and I'm thinking, Lord, this time I'll test you. If you want me to go, then I want a job offer. A job offer within 2 weeks. If the job offer comes, if if I'm if I'm still here, then within two weeks, then it means to say that you want me to stay here. But if there's no job offer for this next two weeks, then I'll go. Friends, two days after, there was a job offer. And this is not a prestigious job offering. Before, I was a supervisor. I was a manager in this, in this photography shop. I was a photographer before. And this job offer, you know what? This is a startup company. This is a company of, of a Taiwanese guy, actually, he is a sole proprietorship. He started a company, and, uh, and it's delivering water. That five-gallon water, have you seen that? It's 20 kilos per, per bottle. And that was my job, to find customers and to deliver water. Friends, I tell you, I, I became even smaller after that job. <laughs> I was carrying those water in in the Philippines there are some buildings like three story buildings that has no escalator no elevator and I have to carry those bottles and mel that was heavy I was 44 kilos during that time I was carrying 40 kilos friends <laughs> And you know what's the worst thing when you carry those stuff if you put it down the moment you pick it up it's twice the weight so you have you have to walk really, really, really fast and hold on to it with, with a strong grip, with a claw like that. And three stories, friends, you have to you have to man it up. Like you could see my veins sticking out. And the moment I signed was this When the moment I signed, I signed a receipt, I have to hold my hand because my whole hand is trembling. And you know what? That was a very, somehow humbling experience for me. I was studying in, in the school, and I was already supervising the shop, managing the shop, and now I'm a delivery boy. And, and I graduated college during that time, and some of my clients are banks. And when I opened the door in the banks, I saw my classmates wearing suits, And I'm this guy wearing a t-shirt and wearing shorts. And I was even tempted to roll the water and that's that's free. And then friends, I did not realize that God is working something in my life. He is wanting to take self out of my life before he could use me in the ministry. Friends, sometimes we think that we are ready. Sometimes we think that we are the biggest blessing in this ministry, and the Lord said, no, you're not ready. I could not direct you. I could not lead you. You know a lot. You think you know a lot. But friends, God is good. Until I begin to enjoy that humbling work, the Lord gave me a better work. But you know what, when I look back in that life before, in the delivery, water delivery, I enjoyed every moment of it, I I had I think that was that was my training of of speaking to people and talking to all uh status in the society from people under the bridge I yeah I have clients who, who lives under the bridge people who lives under the bridge do not underestimate the people who lives under the bridge they have a million dollar roof they have all the equipments there. They have DVD players. They have washing machines. Wow, these people. And they don't pay rent. <laughs> and I talk to people in the higher society and and people will call me even at nighttime. They'll tell me all their problems and I begin to pray for them. I did not even know that that was already the training ground of the Lord. Every humbling experience is a training ground that God is giving in our lives. Amen? And it's not about us, friends. It's about God. So before God could give us a bigger accountability, he is somehow pressing self down, down, and down until self disappears. Self still rises up sometimes. That's why I have to be on my knees. Amen? It's not about us. It's about him. And when that thing was worked out, when that pride issue was was revealed, the Lord worked about it. Something in my life. Uh, By the way, friends, I was a a youth leader back in in my church. Not just in my church, in my conference. West Beside Conference there in Iloilo in Philippines. And this uh, conference has like 10,000 young people. I was the leader of these young people. And uh, a sad thing is, people doesn't know about my struggle. And I think you could relate to me. Each one of us has, has his own addiction, isn't it? Huh? And I'm not addicted to drugs, even though I might look like one. <laughs> I'm not. I was addicted to, to entertainment. I was addic- addicted to, to movies. So, And I always look forward for, for Sabbath to set so that we could have a movie marathon. All the young people in my church will go and watch movie in my room. And that was while well, i thought that that was the highlight of my sabbath and the lord somehow revealed to me little by little that he is the highlight of the sabbath and i remember one time while uh, while we were planning for the youth conference we we picked this, this speaker and this speaker has a very very powerful testimonies and while i was listening to him i was thinking i want those testimonies in my life I want that to happen in my life. Faith cometh by what? Hearing. And hearing the word of God. And friends, I don't know if you could relate to me. I was, I was active in the church. I was a youth leader. I was a youth leader of, of our conference. But still at the back of my mind, I'm somehow wondering, what is life outside of the church? Yes, one foot is in the church trying to be, to be this very faithful active youth leader but at the back of my mind i was wondering what would it look like to live life outside in the world to party in the world so that is a very very sad situation to be in would you agree you could not give your 100% in the church and you could not give 100% in the world and I remember this, this pastor, at the end of this of his youth congress, which I head, lead out and organized, this, this pastor gave this appeal. Any one of you who wants to follow the Lord and give it all to the Lord, come forward. And he gave this very powerful statement. You could not be half in the world and half with the Lord. If you do that, you lose both. If you, want, if you don't want to give your heart fully to the Lord, then go 100% to the world. Because you'll not be saved by, by putting half of your feet in the, in the, in the world and half of your, of your food in the church. That doesn't work. So he gave this appeal. If you want to follow the Lord, give it 100%. Give it 100%. And, and he said, if you, if you don't want to follow the Lord fully, just leave the church. Go and leave the church and live your life for your own satisfaction. And he said, but I assure you, you'll never find satisfaction. You'll never find happiness. You'll never find joy. Because joy is only found in the Lord's presence. Can you say amen? amen. Psalms 16 verse 11, it says, in his presence is fullness of joy. At his right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Amen? At first it was just a cliche, it was just a text, until I begin to experience that. And that, that, that statement is very, very practical and very, very simple. What does it say? In His presence is what? Fullness of joy. At His right hand, pleasures forevermore. We were, I was seeking for pleasures outside of His presence. And then I experienced no joy Friends, remember in His presence is fullness of joy. For example, His presence is on this stage. If I'm here, will I experience joy? Huh? Yes or no? If I move out, will I experience joy? And when I don't experience joy, what do I need to do? Go back to His presence. In His presence is fullness of joy. And then I realized, oh Lord, even though I'm inside the church, I was not in your presence. Some of us have been second, third, fourth generation Adventists, have been inside the church, but not in the presence of God. And that was what I was experiencing. I was devoid of joy. I was a happy gem, but not a joyful gem. And the happiness is mostly like facade. The moment you go back to your room, it's like, what is this emptiness here? Friends, without Jesus, you could not find joy. How do you spell joy? J stands for what? O stands for what? And why? Can you spell Jesus without joy? How does it sound? Oi. Remember, oi. And in the Philippines, whenever she said, oi. yeah. you always get surprised when you don't have Jesus and when you don't have Jesus friends you could not put others first you'll be selfish what's left you, why what's left is why and you'll be constantly asking that question why why, without Jesus there's no joy, so when that when that speaker appealed for us to come forward, I came forward and I was somehow, my heart was breaking. I know that I have to leave stuff in the world. I know that I have to give up my stuff that belongs to the world. He says, you should not have something in your life that would somehow block you from having a close relationship with God. So when I came forward, my dear friends, the one thing that came to my mind was the conviction was to give up my entertainment i was addicted to dvds to movies and uh, i know some of us have some collection of of sorts i have 1500 dvd collection friends my wall was was somehow customized to accommodate these dvds of course in the philippines it's it's all pirated friends <laughs> yeah we have we don't have copyright but we have the right to copy in <laughs> the philippines but praise God, I gave it all. So when I, when the appeal was made, I came forward and my heart was breaking. And, and I moved forward for two reasons. I was convicted with the appeal, and I was ashamed not to move forward because I was the president of the youth conference. And I was so afraid. I'm thinking, Lord, what's going to happen after life without DVD? Because I'm thinking... What is life without this? What is life without this? And I'm thinking, this is, the only, this is the only relief I have. And I refuse to let it go because I know for a fact, when I let go of this, of this comfort zones that I have, I will not experience happiness again. That is so true. I did not experience happiness but joy. <laughs> Amen? I remember I was pulling out my favorite Lord of the Rings collection. (laughs) And my heart was breaking. And I have the director Scott, friends. I have the special features. I have all this collection. And my heart was breaking. And I'm thinking, oh, Lord, I'm giving this up. But you know what? One thing that strengthened me, who am I giving this up for? And what has he given up for me? The moment I looked at that situation, my dear friends, giving up became a privilege, became a joy. And the moment we gave it all up, friends, it took us four hours and a half to destroy all my DVDs. The pastor came in our, in our burning session, and he said, Wow, Jen, I have seen a lot of DVDs being given up, but I have not seen DVDs given up by, only by one person. This amount... And I said, Pastor, it's only by the grace of God. And you know what happened, friends? The moment, the moment all these things was taken out. And it was not just me. And it was really, really powerful because it's, it was not just me who came forward. Other friends came forward as well. And this is one thing I'd like to tell you, young people. We are not aware of the influence that we have with our fellow young people. Our influence could either bring our friends to heaven... Or bring our friends to the opposite side. So the moment I came forward, my friends came forward, and they were crying too. They have the same fears that I have. So we came forward, and they brought, they brought their novels. There's another friend of mine. She has a whole cabinet of no- novels. And we, we had a burning session. And friends, the moment we had at the moment that happened, the next week, we had a new addiction. It was the Bible in the spirit of prophecy. Can you say amen? <laughs> and it's so much fun because you know what? Before when we came together, all we could talk about is movies. Friends, my movie collection is so much that I'm even ahead of our, of our video stores. I have contacts. When, they, when, their, when their movies come out, they call me, hey, Jem, I have this and this movie right now. I said, reserve it to me. And friends, during that time, our talk, was not about movies. Just imagine when we sat down, one person will tell me, hey, have you read the chapter 15 of Patriarchs and Prophets? Just imagine, a 15-year-old will tell you, reading the Patriarchs and Prophets, is that a boring book? My dear friends, no. You know know what? Movies are boring. (laughs) The moment you got a hold of the spirit of prophecy, my dear friends, I'm a movie addict, and I'm telling you this, that the spirit of prophecy is one of the most amazing things in your life. That's why it's called a gift, the gift of the spirit of prophecy. And when we sat down and when we had that conversation, everything changed. We had experienced something that we had not experienced before. That is joy in the Lord's presence. And when we talked to one another, we didn't want the Sabbath to end. And we're even wishing, oh, bro, I wish that every day is Sabbath because that's the only time that we could all gather together. And then that began our, our revival. That began the burden that the Lord has given in our hearts. And and you know what, friends? When, when the Lord is working out something in the life of young people, in the life of the church, in the life of ministry, the enemy does not want it to happen. Huh? you have to remember that you are in the midst of a great controversy battle. Can you say amen? Amen. We have to be aware of this, that every choice you make, it's either making a choice on the Lord's side or making a choice on the enemy's side. So when that thing happened, we, we were at first, at, at the very top of the mountain, almost every week, revival in one district, revival in one district. We were invited to do revivals even in the other, in the other conferences. We were just like, wow, this is awesome, this is amazing. And the influence of our group did not just happen in our, in our district, in our conference. It was almost in every part, in every conference. And then, the disappointment happened. When that disappointment happened, I don't want to to elaborate on that. But when the disappointment happened, friends, my heart sank. And I'm thinking, Wow, Lord, of all the things that we have sacrificed for you, and all the things that I have laid at your altar, this is how you pay me back. This is what you do. And I did not talk to the Lord for the next 5 months i was depressed and people tells me Jem, we could not imagine you being depressed said so i got depressed i'm human too <laughs> i got depressed for for the next 5 months and friends i did not even talk to people about about my situation because i have the duty to be a happy gem. everywhere i go i need to i need to smile in front of my family i i need to smile and when i was in my room friends i could not really Hold it so I will just bury my my face in my pillow and cry, yell, scream on my pillow. and that was that was really painful and I did not realize that that was another humbling experience that the Lord had me go through because self was not out in the picture yet. And I'd like to read to you this powerful quote here that I could relate to. it is found. In Signs of the Times, April 7, 1990, paragraph 2, it says here, Great self-sufficiency was manifested by Peter when he confidently declared, Though I should die for thee, yet I will not deny thee. Remember that? Peter supposed himself to be strong. But when the test came, he discovered that he was weakness itself. He had been with Jesus and had often obtained his help, but... Past grace does not avail for present needs. Daily, hourly, we must have divine strength imparted to us. My dear friends, my successes during the time in this ministry, I did not even realize that because I was so busy, I did not spend enough time with Jesus. Because I was thinking, I'm doing His work, so this is enough. Since I'm doing His work, then this is spending time with Jesus. Friends, it's not. Spending time with Jesus is different from doing the work. Did you get this? Can you say amen? amen. Friends, we have to remember this. Even if, even if I'm preparing a sermon, preparing a sermon for, for that Sabbath or for the weekend revival or for the week of prayer is a different set of time that you spend time with Jesus. And I was not aware, friends, that... I'm being pulled away. And that's the reason why. Daily, hourly, we must have divine strength imparted to us. We must trust at all times in Christ, dwell upon His words, till we long to realize their fulfillment in our own case. The reason that more does not attend the proclamation of truth for this time is that there is too much reliance placed upon the ability of man. Have mercy, friends too much trust in the talent and tact of the workers, and not enough reliance upon the arm of infinite power. The gospel is not preached in demonstration of the spirit and in the power of God. Self is ready to take credit. If any measure of success attends the work, self is flattered, self is exalted, and the impression is not made upon the minds that God is in all and all. Friends, the moment this realization hit me. I was just saying, Lord, I give up. I give up. I don't want to do this anymore. Remember, friends, I was wanting to be a missionary, and the Lord said no, and now this ministry comes in, and then I give it my all, and I'm thinking, wow, this is ready. This is ready. it. And now that, that disappointment happened. And when I said to the Lord, Lord, I give up because all the while I thought that the ministry was closed. We were actually not allowed to do any revivals anymore. It was the confusion that made by the enemy. So in short, we were quite banned from doing it and thinking, Lord, this is my life now. Youth ministry is my life. But I did not realize that the Lord was somehow testing where my heart is when I finally said to him, my ministry is over. And then he finally said, now you're ready. Now you're ready. That was the time that the Lord called me into the prayer ministry. That was the time that the Lord brought me into the prayer room. And I remember one of our, one of our friend, Melissa, one of uh, Melody's friends, a very faithful woman. She went to the Philippines and somehow led out in this, in this conference. It's called Faith Camp. And faith camp is a gathering of of missionaries sharing their testimonies, like inspiring one another to to give it all for the Lord. And I was there, and it was in the Philippines. And she has this prayer room, and she announced to the people, you have to go to the prayer room, and she kept on on telling people. There are some people in army Bible camp who, who did not want to go to the prayer room, and somehow was brought by God to the prayer room, and their lives were changed. There was this one girl She was very skeptical and said, what are they doing in the prayer room? And I think, those testimonies that they're sharing in front, they are not real. They're just making it up. They're exaggerating it. I said, I have to see for myself. She went to the prayer room and she said, I'll only stay here for five minutes. If I sense something wrong here, I will leave. Friends, she stayed for five minutes. She did not get up. She stayed for 15 minutes. And after 15 minutes, she decided to stay longer. She stayed for an hour and another hour. (laughs) She stayed in the prayer room for three hours. The next day, she stayed in the prayer room for eight hours. (laughs) She just had lunch break. She went back to the prayer room. And while I was listening for this testimony while Melissa is sharing in front, I'm thinking, oh, Lord, prayer, eight hours, that will kill me. I'm thinking... I don't even know how to pray for five minutes straight. Friends, my prayer life before was five minutes total per day. Prayer when you wake up, prayer when you eat, prayer when you leave the house. And my prayer is so routine that sometimes I even caught myself praying for food before I sleep. Did you catch yourself sometimes? Huh? That it became just like a routine, a habit that you are not really thinking about what you're saying. That your heart is not connected with your head. And I was, and now, prayer room. And you know why I was so afraid? Because she picked me as one of the prayer facilitators. During the time that I already given up of the ministry. And I was, uh, I'm a people pleaser. I was a people pleaser. If you're a sanguine, you're a people pleaser. And, and she said, Jem, help me out in the prayer room. And I said, oh, oh, oh okay. <laughs> so Melissa, my niece, and me went to the prayer room. And I said, what are we going to do here? She said, oh, we will be praying United Prayers. And I'm thinking, what is United Prayer? I said, oh, we pray, we pray uh, four different sections and we pray short, short prayers. And even while she is explaining, I did not get it. The simple instruction, I really did not get it because my heart was not really in it. But my dear friends, and he said, you know, you just, you just go along with us. Just listen. If I'm praying praise and thanksgiving, just pray praise and thanksgiving. If I'm praying confession, just pray confession. So when we were kneeling down, my dear friends, the moment we begin to pray, and I uttered my second or third prayer, I broke down. I broke down. I was crying like a baby. And I praise God that there were just the three of us. (laughs) I was crying like a baby. You know why? Because for the past five months, I never realized that I have not spent time with God. And I built up this wall, this wall that was so high that I could not see God. And when I was on my knees, when I was lifting up praises to God, I just realized that God has been so good to me. (laughs) I realized, my dear friends, that my God has been faithful to me even though I was unfaithful to Him. And when that thing happened, my dear friends, my whole wall came down. And I prayed again and again and again and again, and I could not stop praying. We prayed for one hour, and when she said amen, and I said, we're done, (laughs) I want to pray more. My dear friends, the moment I experienced that, the Lord just gave me a picture, the Lord just gave me a vision during the time. I'm not saying that I'm a prophet, but I'm just seeing things like, oh Lord, this is the reason why our church is not progressing forward. Because each one of us has walls between you and between one another. And these walls need to be broken down. And they need to be broken down on our knees. Friends, we are too prideful to admit even if we're wrong. Would you agree? And you know what, friends? Pride could not exist in the presence of God anymore. Especially when you bow down and you look at Him. Pride could not exist. The moment I experienced that, there is just this excitement that went on. And I said, people need to experience this. They have to be in the prayer room. And you know, you know me, I'm not quite a shy person. I describe myself sometimes as shameless. So I went to each and every person, even people that I don't know. Hey, have you been to the prayer room? And he said, what is a prayer room? You have to go to the prayer room. And another person. And I will just make every contact that I could make. And I was even tempted. Like, to do this on the door, I said, you could not leave this conference if you have not gone to the prayer room. Friends, have you tasted something really delicious? Something really good? You could not keep it to yourself. Huh? If you have experienced something beautiful, my dear friends, I don't know if it's just a Filipino in me. Because we could not enjoy things if we are alone. Every time we eat food, we're thinking, oh, my family should taste this. (laughs) If we're on the beach, we're thinking, oh, it would be so fun if my friends are here. We could not enjoy being alone. That's the Filipino spirit. (laughs) And I'm thinking, my dear friends, I could not keep it to myself. So I went and brought people to the prayer room. And you know what happened, friends? The same thing that happened to me happened to the people who were brought to the prayer room. They were like, the first session after that was like the 30 of us. I even stopped people from going back to their... To their house, because some of them drove for like 30 minutes, and I told them, if you go to your house, you'll not be able to attend a prayer room. I have a conviction, you have to stay, and I want to buy them lunch, and I don't have money during the time, even now. But you know what happened, my dear friends? God worked it out, and this is one thing I begin to realize as well. If we really want it, if we really desire for it, the Lord will give it, Amen? And especially if it's for the glory of His name. Those 35 people stayed. And when they stayed, we had one of the most powerful prayer sessions. There was this guy beside me whose wife died a couple of weeks ago. And he was weeping and weeping. And I was putting my hand over his shoulder. And when I woke up, all the while I thought, why is my my left thigh getting cold? And when I when I opened my eyes, it was his tears. My dear friends, one life after another, I've seen change in a prayer room. And I begin to realize, oh, Lord, this is what I wanted to do. This is what I wanted to do. And the Lord somehow opened the doors. The Lord brought me out of the Philippines to go to other places. And friends, this is one funny thing because... uh, Remember, I was the leader of of those young people. Every young people that decides to be a missionary, I actually tell them, why would you go outside of our country when our backyard is not even clean? Huh? We say that? (laughs) And you know what, friends? That's, That's a good point, but it's not our call to tell people where to go. Huh? This is always being spoken like, why do you have to go outside when your neighbor does not even know Jesus? Yes, that is the fact. But if Jesus calls you somewhere else, staying back home would not be a good thing for you. If God calls you to be somewhere else, that's the best place to be, amen? If God calls you to stay there, then that's the best place. That's, you could maximize God's blessing in that, in that place. And my dear friends, that's what happened. When the Lord called me out, I'm barely home now. <laughs> in this past year, I was only home for 2 months. I was only home for 2 months and home uh, home meaning in the Philippines for 2 months and home in my hometown for only 2 weeks. And God has been bringing me places one after another. And this is one thing I realized, friends, that that thing that the Lord did in my life to take away self, to take away pride was very, very much needed before he could give me the ministry. And the moment I experienced that, my dear friends, I'm thinking, oh Lord, of all the things that I have experienced, thank you. Of all the things that I have gone through, thank you. Because if not for that, I would not be where I am right now. I would not be in the position to enjoy your presence. God is good, amen? God is just an awesome God. God is a wonderful God. You have to spend more time with Him. And I remember this beautiful quote. It says here, Ministry of Healing, page 474, paragraph 1. 474, paragraph 1, it says, In the future life, the mysteries that here have annoyed us and disappointed us will be made plain. We shall see that our seemingly unanswered prayers prayers and disappointed hopes have been among our greatest blessings. Can you say amen? Amen. Our most disappointed hopes and answered prayers have been our most. What? Our greatest blessing. Friends, I tell you, giving your life to the Lord is the best decision that you could ever make. But remember, remember, God wants to purge us before He could fully use us. God wants to take away that draws, that when He gives us the blessing, He will shine. Not us, not Jem, not Mel, not anyone, but Him alone. Amen? And I thought before, oh I should bring fun into the church. (laughs) This church needs fun. But my dear friends, church doesn't need fun. Church needs joy. The church needs Jesus. And every time I lead out a prayer session in churches, every time I lead out a prayer session in conferences, in meetings, and when I see young people crying, bawling in tears, and telling, Brother Jem, thank you so much This prayer session made me see who Jesus is. People, adult marriages being restored, testimonies after testimonies, miracles after miracles that have happened. And I'm thinking, oh, Lord, this is more than fun. (laughs) This is joy. Dear friends, God wants you to have Jesus in your life, that you may bring it inside your ministry inside your homes, inside your churches. He needs to shine. We need to be taken down. None of us and all of Him. So friends, in the next following session, you'll hear more of of our experiences. You'll hear more of the practical things that uh, me and my sister Melody learned in this prayer session. And uh, you know what? One frustration before I end, one frustration that uh, that I have is when people tell me, oh, Brother Jem, I know that you are very, very close to God and your prayer is always answered. So I want you to pray for me. I want you to pray for for this person. And then I begin to realize, oh, Lord, I I did not lead them right. Our role as a prayer ministry is to let people know that we have a god who hears and answers each and every child of of his amen, amen. our prayers are not as strong as as anyone else's prayer we are, oh did i say it right our our prayers is the same as your prayers we need to be in a point of desperation before god we are here to lead you to let you know that we have a god who hears that we are that we have a god who is concerned of each one of us. And it's not just us, my dear friends, who God listens to. God listens to each and every one of us. Amen? Remember the prayer of the Pharisee in the publican. The publican thought that, that his prayer is not even worthy. But his prayer is the one who's being heard by God. So I hope and I pray, my dear friends, that our eyes will be opened. That in the seminar, he will see Friends, the things that you have neglected the most are the most important thing in our lives. So before we end, I'd like, you, I'd like to request you once again to be on your knees. Our great God, our dear loving Heavenly Father, Lord, we give you praise and we give you thanks. For giving us an opportunity, O Lord, to draw nearer to you. And dear God, I ask in a very special way that through this seminar, Lord, we'll have a clearer picture of who our God is. And Lord, we pray that uh, as we draw nearer, help us, Lord, give us the courage to let go of the things that have been weighing us down. Dear Father, I pray that you please pour your spirit upon your people, upon this congregation, O Lord. May you speak to each and every heart. May Jesus and Jesus alone be seen and Jesus and Jesus alone be heard. As of this moment, I'd like to request our brothers and sisters here to to turn to the person nearest you and let's ask for for each other. Let's, Let's pray for each other. Let's pray that God will give us a desire to seek him the way we have never sought Him before. Let us spend two minutes praying for one another and with one another. And when two minutes is over, I will lead out into a song. When the song ends, I will pray the last prayer. Let us pray, friends. Let us turn to the person nearest to us. This message was recorded at the GYC To The End in Houston, Texas. GYC, a supporting ministry of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, seeks to inspire young people to be Bible-based, Christ-centered, and soul-winning Christians. To download or purchase other resources like this, visit us online at gycweb.org.